at this point, I believe the legislature ought to take a very hard look at the option of decertification of the 2020 Wisconsin presidential election. That was from this morning, Tuesday, March 1st, over in Wisconsin during a hearing. And who you heard was former justice of the Wisconsin Supreme Court, Michael J. Gableman, who made that conclusion after showing absolute evidence and or proof of election fraud in Wisconsin. We're going to show you what he showed in that hearing, and you can draw your own conclusions, and I'm sure you'll draw the same ones. And I'll play you the entire clip. I just played you literally seconds of it so you can see the reaction to that statement by the foaming at the mouth, rabid, evil, wicked Democrats in that state. Let's get into this. Welcome our fellow patriots. We appreciate you being here. And today is a special day. I haven't really talked about it until now this episode. But what this episode marks, my brothers and sisters, is the one-year anniversary of this program. That's right. We have been doing this BCP Unfiltered show for one year now. We started on the first episode was March 1st, 2021, and today is March 1st, 2022. We are so happy to be here. If you're new around here or weren't here from the very beginning, and most of you were not, because we've grown uh, uh, quite a bit since we first launched. This show was started because YouTube was doing a major purge of anyone talking about the stolen elections. That's right. The elections of 2020 were stolen. And we were covering in depth everything from Smartmatic, Dominion, Sidney Powell, all of those things going on, covering in depth Nevada, Arizona, uh, Wisconsin, all the things were Georgia, all the things that were going on, the Freemans. And then YouTube said, well, wait a minute. AP and Fox News have called the election and that is official gospel talking about anything than the fact, or they call it the fact, that Joe Biden is the president and it was the free and fairest election ever then we're going to kick you off of YouTube. And we had problems. They changed the rules and then it went back and started canceling a whole bunch of people for old videos before that rule changed. That's how Marxists are. They move the rules. They move, they change the rules. They move the goalpost and you can't keep up. Now we want to be on YouTube. We're still on YouTube. We've had quite a few fights since then with YouTube, uh, including a six week hiatus about the time that this show started. But it started because of that, because we wanted to be able to, I wanted to be able to, your brother and your host, Black Conservative Patriot, BCP, be able to give you the news unfiltered. Now, we're still on YouTube and we want to be there because it is the biggest funnel. This show would not exist if we didn't have a bigger platform to get people over here. We appreciate you who are our supporters and subscribers, uh, whether you're watching this on Patreon, Locals, or on Spotify at bcppodcast.com. Now, I want to let you know a few things that we're rolling out now that we've been here a year. Now, if you try to go back to watch our first episode, you can't see it because the first few, the first month or so, we were on Vimeo. 
And Vimeo didn't have the same rules as Spotify did with not being able to talk about the elections and COVID or what have you. So after we gave them thousands of dollars for hosting a professional uh, hosting backend, they said, oh no, we've changed the rules. You're talking about that. And they canceled us. Now we have those episodes archived. We just haven't linked them because no one's really going back to see the first episode. Perhaps we'll do that now that we're bringing attention to it. And if we do it, I'll let you know in a future time, hey, you can go watch the first episode if you want to see how much we've progressed and we've grown and we've evolved and the program is only getting better now a little few housekeeping things folks um now that we have been here a year we are now originally we were just on patreon at bcpextras.com we are now on locals and that is the real bcp.com and this show is now in podcast format on spotify at bcppodcast.com let me give you a preview of what we're actively working on right now we're working on a bcp website where you'll be able to go and see everything you'll be able to it'll be the one-stop shop for bcp you'll be able to go on there and find the latest youtube video and the latest bcp unfiltered episode and then choose how you want to consume it either on patreon or locals or on spotify we're also going to be adding other platforms we're looking at most likely also being on subscribestar because some folks don't like patreon uh, we're going to expand the podcast to other platforms. We're looking into uh, Apple Apple Podcasts and other uh, large platforms so you can uh, listen to it and watch it in many places. Now that we've been here a year, I didn't want to do this in the beginning because I want to make sure that we have longevity and not rip people off. I'm an honest businessman. We are now going to be uh, looking into, and once again, these things are going to be rolled out. We're looking at it in the next several little while. Uh, doing annual subscriptions to the show uh, where you will it, it'll be a, a cost benefit for you. It'll be cheaper to do an annual subscription than do it monthly. So all of that is being worked on right now and uh, we'll be rolling that out and I'll be giving you that information uh, as it comes forward. Uh, as you can see, we've um, also going to be looking at different ways of producing the show to make it look a little bit more slick and professional and what have you. So we appreciate all of you and your support uh, and being here. One year of this program, this truly is a milestone for us. And we are so happy that we are here and that you are here with us as well. All right, folks, let's get into the news, BCP unfiltered style. Trump was installed as the president of the United States. That's right, you saw there again, MSNBC pushing conspiracy theories, unfounded conspiracy theories. This is what they've been doing for a long time. This is their bread and butter, and it's not making them much money. What we have here is left-wing writer Sarah Kenjer falsely claiming that President Donald Trump was installed. But just because we need to start off most episodes with a little bit of levity, I want to show you the rest of what she said. And folks, let me just remind you. Let me remind you what's going on here. These are supposed experts. She has a PhD. A PhD. Just showing you how crazy and how unhinged and how not smart many of these, if not most, especially when talking about the social science, these doctors are. 
very scary that this is the level of education necessary or an example of what a PhD looks like in 2022. Let me play you the rest of this clip so you can see the idiocy and the insanity coming from the left. And folks, there's a method to my madness. This is going to be an introduction to disprove and show you what's actually going on. Trump was installed as the president of the United States in order to weaken the alliances that were preventing Putin from achieving his goals, alliances like NATO, our relationship with our European partners, our relationship with Ukraine. Trump was put in as a bulldozer, and he was also put in, as Malcolm said, as a bulldozer to the Constitution, to our system of checks and balances, to our system of institutional trust, and the unwillingness of people in the United States to confront the brokenness of those institutions. When I first was watching this, I was literally looking to see if there was any evidence if she was married or had a significant other. Seems like the kind of uh, crazy crackpot that wouldn't have someone uh, in their life. I was also looking behind her to see if perhaps there was a cat around there that I that I missed or what have you. Seriously, folks, we don't need to rehash the ridiculousness that MSNBC is and their crackpot hosts. But let's get into the fact that we are now over a year later and we are getting much, much evidence, proof that the elections were stolen in 2020. We had a lot of good news come out of Wisconsin or a lot of breaking information come out of Wisconsin. Let's get into that now. Uh, by the way, folks, if I haven't already mentioned it, we really, really are happy that you're here with us. We really appreciate you being here. We appreciate the support on, on this channel, uh, making it possible. And we appreciate that this program is alive and well because of you. It's been contentious and high profile from the start. Stop. You hired I Mr. never Foyer. said anything about overturning any election. Okay, folks, let's get into this groundbreaking, earth-shaking news coming out of Wisconsin. You can even see here that Politico is putting their spin on it. Wisconsin's GOP's 2020 report embraces fringe election decertification theory. Former state Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman for months has been conducting a probe of the 2020 election. I played you the explosive conclusion he came to at the very beginning of this episode, but let's back up for those not familiar with what's going on. Former Supreme Court Justice Gableman, uh, Supreme Court of the Wisconsin Supreme Court, that is, was tasked with looking into the 2020 election. He has been very vocal about things. He's had several hearings. He has asked for people to come in to talk to him, has issued subpoenas. And the left has been going absolutely crazy because they knew he would get to the bottom of the partisan cheating and election fraud in Wisconsin. And that's what we're going to get into. Let me give you background by showing you this very biased report coming from local news in Wisconsin about this situation. This will set the stage of where we have been with Gableman and his investigation up to this present point. Folks, today is March 1st. Not only is it the anniversary of this program, but it is a big news day as far as election fraud and decertification of the 2020 elections. 
Now 12 News has confirmed Tuesday morning Michael Gableman will submit the findings of his report. Assembly Speaker Robin Voss hired Gableman in June to conduct the review, and Voss says he's routinely updated former President Donald Trump about its status. I mean, I've talked to him, I won't say on a regular basis, but half a dozen times, um, just to kind of keep him up to date uh, to make sure that he understands what's happening, to know that we are doing our very best. Gableman headquartered his private review from this office complex in Brookfield. He's talked about private grant money cities received to help administer the 2020 election, and it's expanded beyond. Talking about voting machines in this 12 News exclusive. Uh, the reliability of voting machines. There have been a number of theories about it. Gableman now even asking a judge to jail a number of mayors and election officials for refusing to testify in private. We're seeing Mayor Corey Mason just Sunday on Upfront. I certainly don't want to go to jail, but if, if it's something that I would have to do to defend democracy and stand up for the clerks and all the poll workers who did all that hard work, certainly something I would do. And Matt, there are still a lot of unanswered questions about what happens next, especially with ongoing court cases. Yeah, Patrick, so what we know at this hour is that Gableman will submit his report to Speaker Voss in the morning and then answer those questions from lawmakers. I'm told the report will be made public tomorrow morning as well, but Patrick, to your point, what happens to all of these ongoing court cases at this hour is still unknown. The court cases they're referring to, and this was from last night, local news from last night in Wisconsin, are all of the Democrat and Joe Biden people trying to stop the truth from coming out. And folks, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but we're going to see in this episode due to Gableman's report and his answering of those questions to the Wisconsin legislature that the source of all this goes back to Zuckerberg and the Obama machine. Michael Gableman is presenting his findings from his taxpayer-funded Republican-led review of the 2020 election. So let's take a live look here at what's going on right now. This is from our crew in Madison. You can see him standing there at the podium. The former state Supreme Court justice is answering questions from lawmakers, specifically the Assembly Elections Committee. Now, just as that hearing was starting, former President Trump sent out an email telling people to tune into it. And tune into it is what we did. So let's present to you some of the hard-hit findings, evidence, and proof of voter and election fraud in Wisconsin, as presented by former Justice of the Wisconsin Supreme Court, Michael J. Gableman. They hide her through the window, but I couldn't see her, so I didn't really give a thought to the fact that somehow she could vote. But let's start off with something that we covered on this program and we looked at when it was breaking, and that's Michael Gableman getting into how folks in nursing homes and care facilities were absolute victims of fraud in the 2020 election. Let's start there before we get into, let's start with the milk before we get into the meat of things that Gableman presented. Republicans continue to question the election. Today, it was the Racine County Sheriff. He says that the Wisconsin Elections Commission broke the law. Racine County Sheriff Christopher Schmaling made sweeping allegations about election fraud in Wisconsin. Here's the allegation. Three weeks after Election Day 2020, a woman named Judy wrote the Election Commission. She said her mother was in a nursing home and did not have the mental capacity to vote. The Election Commission forwarded that letter to the Racine County DA who sent it to the Sheriff's Office. Judy was concerned and Judy reached out to the Ridgewood Care Facility 
said, how could my mother possibly have voted? Under Wisconsin elections law, special voting deputies are trained to go into nursing homes to assist residents and collect their absentee ballots. Due to the pandemic, the Bipartisan Election Commission voted to halt that program. Three Democrats and two Republicans approved the change. The Racine Sheriff believes that decision was illegal. And she was informed by the executive director that the Wisconsin Election Commission authorized the employees of these facilities to execute the vote, which, by the way, is a direct violation of law. Elections Commission Administrator Megan Wolf responded tonight on Twitter, saying in part, our elections are run in a secure, fair and legal manner and called the sheriff's claim, quote, a blatantly partisan and coordinated attempt to baselessly challenge the integrity of democracy in our great state. Republican Assembly Speaker Robin Voss took aim directly at Wolf saying in a statement, clearly there is severe mismanagement at WEC and a new administrator is needed. I am calling for the resignation of Megan Wolf as Elections Commission Administrator. Supposedly, or maybe, one of the impetus for having Speaker Voss ask Gableman to look into this entire mess was what the Racine County Sheriff have made public about the abuse in nursing homes and their vote. And that is one of the things that Gableman presented today in the hearing with the legislature, specifically on voter and election fraud. Let me show you a portion of that now. Michael Gableman showed the interview, the recorded interview, with the daughter of a woman who did not have the mental capacity to vote in the 2020 election. Okay, so that's your mother. Yes. What's her name? Carol Forrest. And Carol Forrest. And, yes. and you're the uh, durable power of attorney because uh, at this point you could make health care decisions for her? Correct. And, and basically when the doctors sign off on this document, it means that for all health care decisions, now you're making the call. Correct. Right. And did, was that document honored by the assisted living facility? Yes. And so if there was a health care decision, you were involved? Correct. Okay. So, so, so when was that signed? Uh, that was signed on November fifth, and I mean September fifth and sixth of twenty eighteen. Well, twenty eighteen. That's, right. That's uh, two years before the November twenty twenty election. Right. This is very important, folks. Jody here has power of attorney since twenty eighteen, predating the elections of twenty twenty. That the nursing home, the care facility, had that her mother was unable to vote, that she didn't have the mental capacity to do so. But the Wisconsin Election Commission Committee, they changed the law, illegally so, so they didn't really change the law, they, you can't change law as a committee, that has to be done by the state legislature of Wisconsin. They made a rule change saying that the usual protocol they had for people to assist voters in nursing facilities was done away with and they gave that power to the nursing homes to do. The same nursing home who two, year, two years previously have on record that Jody's mom is not mentally capable of even casting a vote. Which we're about to find out she didn't do just once, but several times in 2020. I didn't really give a thought to the fact that somehow she could vote. So I looked it up on the MyGov vote or MyVote. MyVote, my uh, part of the Wisconsin Election Commission site. Right? Yes, yeah. yes and put in the information about her. And lo and behold, um, she voted in the 2020 election 
um, she did vote before that too, but I was most interested in the 2020 election. She voted in February, she voted in April in the primary, and she voted on November 3rd, 2020. And, and uh, by that point, uh, she had been diagnosed with the uh, the dementia, the, right. the multiple dementias, mixed dementia, and you, you ended up getting some opinions of doctors, right? Could you describe what you did? Yes. So um, she saw a neurologist, and he's the one who diagnosed her with MRIs and such with the mixed dementia. So he signed off on a form that would, um, it was about her competence. And so, uh, the, and then her primary care signed off as well. And it, this, this form deemed her incompetent. Lest you say that, oh, like the Democrats, and I know you're not gonna say that if you're on this program, but Democrats, that's an isolated incident. No one said, no one said that there wasn't some instances of voter fraud here and there, but it wasn't enough to sway the election. Well, folks, Jody wasn't the only person that was interviewed about her mother. Check out these few seconds of another interview that Gableman ended with when he showed a string, or about three, of these incidents. And I'd now like to introduce you to uh, Mrs. Marie Hayden. I'm good, Eric. All right. Well, why don't we just uh, get started, uh, um, uh, Gary? Why don't you uh, introduce yourself and introduce yeah. your mom? Uh, I'm Gary Hyden. This is my mother, Marie Hyden. I'm her oldest boy. And uh, and so, uh, how how long has uh, Miss Hyden uh, lived here at the facility? About I think 2018, 2017. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you voted in 2020, which wasn't that long ago, and that would have been after the move been over here to the memory care unit. And that's why you contacted us, because you were concerned about her voting yeah. when uh, you, uh, she wasn't capable of voting. Yeah. yeah. This next clip will put this together for you, and then we'll move on to the Obama and Zuckerberg involvement in the Wisconsin elections. But watch this last clip I'm going to show you about this topic. You're going to see a few things. First of all, this was widespread. And, and you're going to see why. Two, this was by design that they do away with the old way of having special folks uh, helping those in assisted living vote and how it was passed on to non-vetted employees and then you're going to see the, one of the most important things, which we will get to again at the end of this episode, is that these operatives, these legislators don't even care. They're partisan and they can't even be bothered with looking at this evidence. And also you'll see that Gableman is an absolute warrior for calling them out. That's the end of the interview. Madam Chair, I thank you for your indulgence of allowing approximately 25 minutes for that presentation. Okay. Wally Jankowski. I, I know it seems like it got a little long for uh, at least three members of your committee uh, on their phones and computers and the like. But I tell you what, each of those eight people and each of those eight families, they are but representative of the approximately 92,000 residents of continuing care facilities we have in this state. 
And I don't mind taking a few minutes. I don't mind one minute because I know how upset and disappointed I would be. And I suspect everyone in this room would be if they found their parent or loved one had been taken advantage of all because WEC intentionally, the five out of six commissioners intentionally and knowingly violated the law and allowed, not just did away with the special voting deputies, but the, the statutes of Wisconsin specifically prohibit employees of nursing homes from work, from presenting ballots to residents, but that was done in virtually every case. Judge Gableman calling out the legislators who were too busy to watch a 25-minute video of victims of election and voter fraud on their phones and their computers, they already have come to their foregone conclusion that, oh, everything's a conspiracy theory, which they know not to be true. They're just trying to hide the fact that they know that we have a fake president in the Oval Office and Wisconsin was part of it, and they hate Trump so bad they don't care. The ends justify the means. Total Marxist mentality. And they are discounting something absolutely important. That the voters of Wisconsin are doubting the results of the elections in their state. And they, as the legislators, as the representatives of those voters, really need to pay attention to what their constituents and voters on both sides of the aisle are feeling about the results of 2020. Now, I'd like to turn to a little larger question. Some of it has already been answered. Why many Wisconsin voters still doubt the 2020 election results. At the bottom, the most fundamental concept of elections should, is that elections should be transparent, inclusive, and accountable. I didn't pick those words out of the air. Those are the words that the United States government, through its U.S. aid department, that's what we preach to developing countries around the world as to how their elections ought to be administered. Transparent, inclusive, and accountable. There was a poll, there was a nationwide poll done not too long ago. Only 20% of the public says that it's very confident in the country's elections. That's January of this year. It's one thing I guess Republicans and Democrats can agree on, right? Many, many polls indicate that our fellow citizens have significant doubt. The next part is key. It's very lengthy. I'm going to compile it short for you to give you some bullet points. But I, it's very important that we see how this happens. So I'm going to expound on it in tomorrow's episode. But what this has to do about, or what this is about, the government's about to talk about, is dark money and partisan actors swaying and working to rig the election of 2020, and we got to pay for it. That is, of course, we got to pay for it by having a fake president right now in the Oval Office. Why do they have that doubt? Not just because of the violation of the trust of the people who put their loved ones, placed their loved ones into nursing homes and continuing care facilities, we had the specter of private, dark money, unaccountable to anyone, coming in and taking an active role in the actual administrative process of our public elections, something that is unprecedented 
as far as I know, in the history of this state. This headline illustrates how private money from Facebook CEO saved the 2020 election. I, I don't think the author of that uh, headline doubted for a minute that it had an effect on the outcome of the election. Mark Zuckerberg bought the 2020 election for Biden with staggering funding, new analyses suggest. How Zuckerberg helped Dems sway the 2020 election just another example. Recent poll, 56% of all United States citizens believe Joe Biden's victory was influenced by cheating. Of course people don't trust it in Wisconsin. They know what's up. Dark Mark Zuckerberg money stole the elections in 2020. Not only were they not quiet about it, they knew that no repercussions and there would be no punishment or blowback for doing it. And they were out there with their mainstream media press gloating and celebrating that Mark Zuckerberg essentially and his fund stole the election. Like I said, we'll get into more detail in tomorrow's episode on that. But it wasn't just Zuckerberg. It was the crowd that Zuckerberg is proud of. Uh, excuse me, proud of, yeah, and part of as well. And that is the Obama people who really, really went to town on the 2020 elections in Wisconsin and in other places as well. But right now we're talking about their active role in Wisconsin and one particular person who had the blueprint and that blueprint was put into action in the great state of Wisconsin. And I want to get to David Pluff because that's really what the heart of all of this is. David Plouffe was one of the two political operatives who helped bring a young politician named Barack Obama up from the city of Chicago to the presidency. He was Barack Obama's campaign director. He wrote the book in 2020. I brought a copy with me last time I was here. Citizen's Guide to Beating Donald Trump. And yes, Obama folks and operatives helped as well, like Mark Zuckerberg, steal the elections of Wisconsin too. Folks, thanks for being here. We are so very grateful that you are here for our one-year anniversary episode. We're so very grateful for, for you and your support on this program. We have a lot more to cover. This is uh, I'm getting this out to you as quickly as I can today. I'm going to show you, especially tomorrow, I think it behooves us and it's important that we can see exactly how the Obama people were able to steal the elections in Wisconsin. Just like Joey had said, they had this operation for election fraud that was foolproof. And you're going to be able to see that. Gableman did a great job pointing it out. It's not super lengthy, but it, I do want to give the proper analysis and we're going to do that tomorrow. We're also going to look at what's going on with Arizona. And then we've got some COVID news as well. So if you're new around here, make sure that you're here for the long haul because we will keep you well informed here on BCP Unfiltered. We're now in the midst of nine different lawsuits. I want to conclude this episode, even though we're going to continue coverage 
of the great work done here by the judge uh, tomorrow and perhaps other segments this week. I do want to end with the conclusion. The conclusion that he drew, that drew ire and moans and groans and hate from the demonic, devilish, satanic, sons of the liar, Wisconsin legislators that absolutely are repulsed by the truth, by justice and by fair elections, by showing you this final clip and conclusion from the judge, Gableman, on what should be done with all of the evidence that he presented. We're now in the midst of nine different lawsuits, all to try to find the answers that the people ought to have as a matter of course. So of course we're not done. With that teed up, at this point, I believe the legislature ought to take a very hard look at the option of decertification of the 2020 Wisconsin presidential election. That, that would Madam not Chair, automatically Madam lead... Chair. That would that not is the lead. third time that the crowd, I, I am and asked, I would ask that if it happens again, you clear the room because this is not allowed in any committee so I've ever been to. Out. All right, I, I and I would appreciate. I appreciate, it, and I think that um, we are trying to keep it to a limit. So, when confronted with the absolute conclusion that the legislature should consider decertification of the elections. They go crazy. They want to clear the room. These children of Satan cannot be confronted with truth and reality and facts if it goes against or exposes their skullduggery or the skullduggery that they are trying to cover up from their comrades. They want to clear the room and deny the uh, the judge, Gableman, of his constitutional right to free speech in there. You see how they try to silence the truth? They try to do that on YouTube. They try to do that to us a year ago. But thanks to you, we are here. We are still here one year later. And we are so appreciative that we are here and that you're making this program possible. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Until then, ciao, goodbye, God bless. And once again, From the bottoms of our heart here at BCP Media Studios, we are a family operation. Thank you for making this show possible. This is a concerted effort. This is a concerted effort. Politics of personal destruction. You, John Podesta. All right, well, you see where I'm coming from. Okay, yeah. When I I talk, that's because I'm interested in this ongoing, whatever the hell they're doing. What's in your closet, John Podesta? (laughs) Big Podesta? Big Soros, do you want us to play these games? Because we're playing to win. As we celebrate one year of this program, today, March 1st, 2022, we also must remember that we lost a great warrior this same date 10 years ago. My hero when it comes to journalism, warrior journalism, and fighting the deep state, Andrew Breitbart, who I strongly believe, because of his fight against the deep state and exposing people like John Podesta and the Clinton machine, lost his life because of it. Rip to Andrew Breitbart, 
a great warrior, and a hero of mine, not just in journalism, but in bravery in exposing the truth. Gotta give us what we want. Uh. Gotta give us what we need. Hey. Our freedom of speech is freedom of death. We got to fight the powers that be. Fight the power.